Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. I know. I know, according to all natural laws, it's impossible. Completely, utterly impossible. But I tell you, and I swear to it, that I and I alone am guilty of this murder. As guilty as though I killed him with my own two hands. So you must tell them, the police, you must tell them. Because they never believe me. Because it is impossible. But it happened. Listen now to Act One of Dreams. Starring Philip Sterling, and written especially for suspense by Jack Bundy. Wait a minute. 
no, Mr. Kingman. Yes. If you have killed someone... And I have, Doctor. I've killed him. Then why do you come to me? The police are the ones you must go to. The police? Of course. But what would they do? What could they do? Don't you see, Doctor? They they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't believe me. Nonetheless, my boy, if there actually has been a murder... Don't you see? It isn't as though I actually killed him with my own two hands. As though I actually struck him down. But I might as well have. Don't you see that? No, I'm afraid I don't. But it's true. I'm responsible. I'm wholly and totally responsible. No one else. But I can't tell the police about it. No, King. Don't you see? Because you know about such things, you can make them understand. And then if they say I'm legally guilty. All right. Yes. Yes, then I'll take the consequences even if I have to die for it. Oh, Robert. My wife says I'm not responsible. Janet says I can't be. It's impossible. And yet, after all that happened, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Please, you've got to help me, Dr. Harris. Well, you can hardly expect me to help you until you calm down enough to start at the beginning and tell me just what is it all about. Uh, so far, you really told me nothing. I'm sorry, Doctor. I'm sorry. It's just that... Well, I'm sorry, but... But listen, please. Yes. It was only last month... One morning last month, my wife Janet and I were sitting having breakfast together. Sorry, Mark, eating the breakfast. Isn't everything all right? Huh? What? Oh, sure, sure, of course it is, honey. And then why aren't you eating? Why have you been sitting there staring into space? Something wrong, darling? Wrong? No, no, of course not, Janet. I, I guess I'm just not hungry this morning, that's all. Is it? Sure. That isn't true, dear. Something is wrong. Now, what is it, Bob? Janet, do you remember that funny dream I had about a week ago? You mean about my brother, Walter, falling down the steps and breaking his wrist? Yes. Well, I... I'd hardly call it funny. I know, because... Only it wasn't. It wasn't coincidence, Janet. But it must be. No, dear. Had I ever before told you about a dream of mine? No, I guess not. Honey, that was the first dream I'd had since I was just a little kid. When I was a kid, I had dreams all the time that came true, like the one about Joey Prentice, the boy next door, just before he drowned in Parvin's Pond. Like the one of my father before he died. I dreamed only when something like that was going to happen. Even so, so don't you see, Janet, the one about your brother was far more than just a dream. It was a definite premonition. Well, maybe it was, and, and probably it wasn't. Anyhow, you and I know better than to believe in, in premonitions. So so just forget it, dear, and, and eat this nice breakfast I fixed for you. Hmm? No. It's not that easy, I'm afraid. Why not? Last night, dear, I had another dream. And if it comes true... Oh, now, honey. Don't sit there and tell me you've actually lost your appetite just because of a dream you had. Yes. But darling, that's silly. Unless it was a, a horrible nightmare. No, no, it wasn't a nightmare. But the dream was also clear. I had a fight with Stanley Bolton. Bolton? Yes. 
He's not only head of research, but a vice president, too. And the one man who could block the promotion promised me by Mr. Blake. Oh. Yes. Oh, just a dream, dear. That promotion means everything to me, Janet. To both of us. Of course it does. You worked for it, and, and you earned it. But surely something you happen to dream about isn't going to keep you from getting it. I wonder. Well, just stop wondering right this minute, Robert Kingman, and eat your breakfast. It is kind of silly, you know.
For dependable protection against sudden drops in temperature all winter long, use DuPont Xerox Antifreeze. Even during a warm spell, Xerox won't boil away. It outlasts winter. And to guard against damaging rust and corrosion, Xerox has MR8 Rust Inhibitor, an exclusive DuPont development that protects all engine metals, including aluminum. So for safe, dependable protection, do as millions of motorists have done for over 20 years. Ask for Xerox Antifreeze. It's made by DuPont. Remember, for cars left out in blank or in unheated garages. Don't ask for trouble. No. Ask for to buy Xerox Antifreeze. You have more of these so-called premonitory dreams, then? Yes, Doctor. Because I wanted to. Because I wanted to get even. I banked a lot on that promotion. Now I'd lost any chance for it, thanks to Mr. Bolton. I knew it wasn't right, but I couldn't help hating him almost viciously. And I couldn't get him or my hatred for him or what he'd done to us. I couldn't get it out of my mind. I couldn't get him out of my mind. And then a few nights later, I dreamed about him again. It was a weird, a crazy, Dreams had come true. 
And that meant my dreams would come true. Whatever I dreamed would have to come true. So from that moment on, I knew what I had to do. I knew that I would never have any peace until I dreamed about and therefore brought about the death of Stanley Bolton. Yes, Doctor. The more I thought about it, the more I became convinced. The more I knew that anything I dreamed about would have to come to pass. Not exactly as I dreamed it, perhaps. But the result would be the same. And so every night before I dropped off to sleep, I thought of nothing but Stanley Bolton. Of all the hatred I had for him. I concentrated all my thoughts on him and nothing else, Doctor. And I focused my thoughts on his murder. But it didn't work. I couldn't seem to dream again. Try as I might. Well, perhaps that's for the best. Not until three nights ago. Oh? And again, Doctor. It was a wild, crazy, utterly fantastic dream. There was a big, empty square, a city block or more, with a high, thick wall around it. Much bigger than the place I'd dreamed about before. And there was a car, a sports car, a sort of racing car, a very fast one driving around in this place as though it were hunting for something. All of a sudden, the way it can happen only in a dream. I was in that car. I was driving it. I was hunting for something. Or something. Frantically. And then as I wildly spun and swerved the car about, then I saw him. Bolton. And he knew me. And he knew I was after him. And he knew that this time he wouldn't get away alive. Listen to me. 
You may feel any way you wish about this whole gruesome affair. And because of the strain that's imposed on you, I can understand why you're, why you're so upset about it. But we've got to be realistic about this. Now, legally, there is no possible way in which you could be found guilty of Bolson's murder. So first, we have to think about you, about how to ease your mind, your conscience of this... Oh, wait, now. What? Of course, I should have thought of him when you came here. Yes, Doctor? Someone who can help me? No, but I know it's late. But I want you to go and see an old friend of mine. His name is Thaddeus Hagen. Hagen. You, you know him? The psychiatrist? Yes. Well, I've heard of him, but... Doctor... I want you to go to him alone. I want you to tell him exactly what you told me. I'll tell him that you're coming in spite of the hour, and I promise that I'll tell him nothing whatever about the case. I'll only ask him that he call me after he's talked with you. You think I've gone crazy? No. No, not by any means, but this whole experience has upset you badly. As it would anyone... And the most important thing at the moment is to get you back into the frame of mind where you can where you can face this thing with your fullest capacity for sound judgment. Because you must work this out for yourself, Robert. But not in your present state of mind. Will you go and see Hagen? For your own sake, Robert. Yes. Now? Now. Good. I'll give you his address. It's only a few miles from here. And you would tell him that I'll be waiting to hear from him. Dr. Harris speaking. Harris. Harris, this is Thaddeus Hagen. Uh, Hagen, oh yes, yes, but I'm... Uh, I'm surprised to hear from you so soon. Uh, Harris, that young man you said you were sending out here to see me. Yes. Robert Kingman. Yes, Hagen, you talk to him? Uh, no. No, I didn't. No, but why not? Because uh, a terrible thing has happened. Well, well what is it, man? What, what is it? Harris, the new high-tension power line, the electric company strung across my property. Oh. 22,000 volts. Taken. Yes. One of those lines broke. It fell across my front walk, and there in the darkness, he couldn't see it. He stumbled into it. Good Lord. He was killed immediately, Harris. Suspense. You've been listening to Dreams, starring Philip Sterling and written especially for Suspense by Jack Bundy. Produced and directed by Bruno Zorato Jr. Music supervision by Ethel Huber. Heard in tonight's story were Edgar Staley as Dr. Harris, Connie Lemke as Janet, Richard Kendrick as Mr. Bolton, Raymond Edward Johnson as Thaddeus Hagen, and Barbara Kassar as the girl. Listen again next week when we return with Seeds of Disaster, written by David Hill.